Hello and welcome to episode six of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round one and preview of round two. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Move Your Feet, Lose Your Seat Society, reminding us all that this does not apply to stadium seating. Uh, no, no. Um, actually, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the wonderful Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by Mike Denton, Jason Wistovich, and Andrew Quallard. How are you guys doing today? Doing well, doing well. So you're uh, bad. I'm sad, friends. I'm sad. Uh, yeah, we'll hear more about your sadness, Jason. Uh, Mike, are you going to try to defend that that theft of an Orlando bench seat back? You know what? You, if you find a good chair and it's very comfortable, just go ahead and take it. it uh, you know, I, I, you know why not? I can respect. It. I, I can respect <laughs> that. I have a comfortable chair at work that I had to fight tooth or nail to get, but. Office supplies woes, not something we're going to talk about today. What we are going to talk about today is round one. Um, guys, I want to know your biggest takeaways from the round. But of course, I think everybody else would like to know, how did you all do? So, uh, Andrew, if you want to kick us off just talking about round one and how you did. Um, I ended up on 100 points, um, which, I mean, I was happy enough with. In a, in a normal week, I would have been really happy with that. Um, I ended up almost 400-ish in the round. Uh, so not not quite in the running for the final grand prize, but good enough. I think Jason and I both did pretty poorly. Uh, I did. I got 72. Um, I kind of went to try to be a little differential, and it backfired on me. Got Kaka, you know, the one point. Uh, Captain Villa, which wasn't too bad normally when Adi and Valeri went off, and most people had one of the two captain uh, fell back. I was think rank 4,000. So I took a swing and it whiffed, but um, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah, I got 72 as well. Uh, my double slash triple switcheroo backfired when Tata subbed in walks and he got the own goal for negative one points, leaving Davies with eight points on the bench. Um, 4,236. So nothing to uh, write home about ouch that was rough i had a pretty great round i was very pleased i did a switcheroo to get everything all all worked out but i ended up with 110 points uh, my switcheroo actually cost me one point but it was for davies and i thought that was worth it and you know it was fine and i ended up 39th overall so uh nice i thank you thank you i enjoyed it but points do reset after all this so the slate will be wiped clean so i am enjoying these low numbers as far as my rankings go and and number one in a couple of leagues while it lasts uh, because it's the nature of fantasy. It's just it's a harsh mistress. So some of those will change. Um, Andrew, let's go back to you. Can you tell me uh, just some surprises, just surprise duds that you had from this first round? There's people who fell flat, people or teams. Uh, the big surprise dud was Giovinco with a whopping one point. Woo. Yeah, Ramondo. Yeah, I mean that's that's what Armando does. He gets tattoos and he makes PK saves. So he's awesome. The the best thing about Saturday was watching Jason on Twitter be so confused about whether to be happy about Giovinco being <laughs> yep. penalty to or not. <laughs> yeah, it was uh I mean I felt like, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I was so high on the PK on the PK save but then was having a total meltdown because he's my captain. So it was just, uh, yeah, needless to say, I was downstairs um, screaming and a lot of profane words came out of my mouth. The, the craziest thing about that Giovinco score from a, a fantasy perspective is, is not that he missed a PK. It's that he didn't pick up any bonus points at all. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, the yellow card get, gets him down to a one instead of a two. But for Giovinco to go through a match and not get a bonus point is crazy I, I don't remember the last time that's happened when he's played 90 minutes and hasn't been injured so that's kind of crazy to me i, I don't know if i'm going to draw anything from that but it's kind of concerning for 12.0 to not produce any bonus points it's one yeah. game i'm not too worried about it i think that's the big takeaway to take from this and andrew our stats guru can can comment more about this this is a one game very small sample size so no need to knee-jerk reaction from a lot of this stuff 
Anything else? Was that not? Mike, we, you, you talked big last week about Orlando and New York City, but that ended up being a one-point game. Yeah, I think the injury to Kaká really changed everything because Orlando, as soon after Kaká left, they got the goal, and I think they were just happy to bunker, and I don't think anyone expected a bunker game uh, out of either of those teams. Um, but I, honestly around the league, I think it was a much more defensive week than we were expecting. I think we had the question about whether to go defensive or offensive. And all of us said offensive. I mean, I know the overall winner had a 3-4-3. But, I mean, we had a whole lot more clean sheets, a nil-nil in uh, D.C. from um, D.C. United and uh, Sporting Kansas City, uh, a nil-nil in Vancouver, too. Uh, It was just generally just a more defensive week. Uh, overall than I think I was expecting out of a lot of teams. I was expecting a lot more goals, a lot more high-scoring games. But if you look at forwards, only uh, I think Adi was the only one who had more than one goal. Um, Valeri was the only midfielder with more than one goal. Uh, it was just a real low-scoring round for the offensive outside of the Portland-Minnesota match. Right, right. We had, uh, I think that was 20 goals that were scored over all the games and nine clean sheets. Uh, a lot of those, like you were just talking about, Mike, came in uh, these games with expansion teams. Uh, Jason, how did you think Minnesota and Atlanta fared over this week? Well, I think Minnesota um, did not do what I thought they would. Um, and like I said, I'll be the first to say I thought Minnesota would put up a two or three spot on Portland. And to Portland's credit, um, I mean, they, they did well defensively. Um, obviously, they put up, what was it, five? Five or six? Five, right? Yeah. I think it was five. Yeah, they put up five. They looked great. Um, you know, I think that once uh, Christian Ramirez came on, he really turned the game around for Minnesota. Um, him and uh, Venegas uh, really looked good together. And Atlanta, Atlanta looked great the first half. Uh, they looked incredibly fast. Um I think there's a little bit more defensively that they could shore up, but being an expansion team, I, I don't think I still think that people need to pump the brakes on it. They look good on paper. A lot, a lot of money was spent in assembling the team, um, but I think moving forward, uh, offensively, I think Atlanta would be a you know something good to invest in, especially this week playing against Minnesota. Andrew, do you or Mike want to add to that? I'll add on on Minnesota. I was. I expected Minnesota to be bad, but watching them, I was kind of surprised at how bad they were. They were, they looked like they were running around with their heads cut, head, like chickens with their heads cut off. Um, there was no real organization, which I mean isn't surprising considering how late uh, this team was put together. But they were expending a lot of energy just trying to keep up with Portland and not doing a very good job of it. And so by the end, they were just totally gassed, and that that's where the, most of the goals came from. Is that that last I think 15 minutes. Um, with the penalty and then the Adi brace after 90 minutes. Um, so Minnesota, I, I think, really disappointed me. I, I don't know how well they'll do this week when they're at home, you know, the home opener. But uh, I was surprised by how bad they were. And that's even with pretty low expectations going in. If I could go back to the absurd number of clean sheets that we had, I think a big part of that was just the team matchups. Um, we had a lot of bad offenses versus good defenses um and i think this week was really high on those number of matchups um so i don't think that's something that will probably continue to quite the same level going forward before we wrap up with our round one review just want to get each one of you guys to weigh in on this real quick we'll start with you andrew uh, do you what formation do you think is going to be one of the better ones moving forward? And are you going to keep with a trend of getting an entire defense from one team? Um, I'm definitely not keeping with the trend of going with all one defense. I did that uh, for this week because it was a boomer bust move. Um, I went with San Jose and they got the clean sheet, which was awesome. Um, but it's just such a risky strategy. Just one fluke thing and and your entire back line is a dud. Um, so definitely diversify your back line going forward. Uh, best formation. Um, I think the best formation is a default 4-3-2 with a switcheroo of a defender and then an attacker in either midfield or forward. Um, simply because the defenders, they're just so dang cheap. And comparing the cheap defenders and what their ceiling is compared to the cheap forwards and midfielders it 
the ceiling's just better for the cheap defenders. Mike. I think I'd probably agree with Andrew as far as, um, you know, doing a switcheroo. If you're not into doing the switcheroos, you're probably looking at a 3-4-3. As far as the single team, I don't think you want to do that just because boom or bust, like like Andrew said. But also, uh, we've already started to identify a a bunch of cheap, really good offensive defenders. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about uh, Davies in the next segment or, or Lima players like that who are also on good defensive teams. So I don't think you want to go boom or bust because I think you want to take advantage of, you know, these 4.5 guys who maybe are getting a little bit further forward and, and maybe score some goals while picking up clean sheets. Uh, and if you go boom or bust, you're going to tend to miss out on that. So I, I don't think you're going to want to do that as a general strategy, unless of course you're not in it for overall and you're just trying to win the weekly prize, you know, then you go boom or bust. But I, I think if you're going for the overall prizes, you want to do, you want to spread it out. Jason. Yeah. I like the three, four, three with the switcheroo, if not being cheeky and go with the double switcheroo. Um, but uh I think that if you can pin a matchup where you really are clean sheet hunting or you you know feel that there's a really good possibility of a clean sheet, then you could go with a you know entire back line of that team. But then like Andrew said, if there's one hiccup, your entire back line is a dud. But um, I think as of right now, with this large sample size of Minnesota United, we just load up on offensive players. Whoever's playing against them should be scoring a lot of points, be good to go. So that's a maybe from you and a little bit of a burn right there. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, Before we go on to our round two previews, a little bit of housekeeping. So the opening weekend challenge is finished. Uh, I I had a lot of fun with it. I look forward to this being a a, a regular feature of the MLS Fantasy game. Now, just so everyone remembers, I've seen some questions. No players will have their value changed. No team salary will increase or decrease. Everything will be reset for round two. So the scores are as they are right now. Um, when round two starts or shortly before, I, I assume that's when the prices and, and everything will reset. So nothing's going to change. Everything's going to start from a blank slate. I do think this applies to all leagues, including the head-to-head leagues and leagues that had an option of starting in round one. Um, not for sure completely, but just in general, just know everything will change. Ben, also- uh, ben did tweet out that if you if you were in a private head-to-head league that you said that score uh, – that scores were set from game week one, those will not change. There we go. Good to know. I missed that one. Some of the fantasy boss leagues are like that because, I mean, you guys are in an elite league, so we had that. But a lot of the leagues uh, with uh, the Reddit league and and the general leagues and the Patreon league, that stuff was starting in round two to give everyone just a little chance to get some scouting, and I think this was an interesting week for that. Um, one more thing with the opening weekend challenge. Tentatively, we're going to congratulate uh, RBNY Fanatic for winning the opening weekend challenge with 121 points. Uh, there were two people who had that score, but we think RBNY Fanatic is, is the one who did that. So tentatively, congrats, man. Love to see that you're involved in some of the leagues and listening to the show. So we hope more good things come to you. And uh, maybe we'll try to get you on sometime or get a little interview with you in an article. Speaking of Patreon, I'm going to give a shout out to all of our Patreon uh supporters going on right now so first three dollar range uh shine spark justin trip mr frumble richard prangle uh squib rocadia jessup gage hickory 33 matt Littman, tyler bartles uh, matt grondon parker cleveland mark prince metal jake adam alcock and alex carey thank you guys so much for uh being supporters both old and new uh, in our five dollar level uh Tice Heldenbrand, Calvin, Michael Denton, right here next to us tonight. Uh, Shane Goodwin, thank you all for for the support you've given us. At our $10 level, Dan McGuire, Josh Lewis, Alex Bruni, thanks so much for all that, guys. And finally, at our top level, $15, Sherry Snyder and Winston Messer, thank you so much. We'll be reaching out to you all to get you on the show sometime. Thanks to everyone who has donated with Patreon um, at the reoccurring amount or the one-time donations. And if you guys are interested in helping support our show and the prizes that we're giving out and just other projects that we're working on, please head over to patreon.com slash MLSFI and just consider helping us out to help cover some of the expenses. Thank you all. 
My heart is eternally and forever yours. That's right. If you donate, Jason has to love you. I forgot about that. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. <laughs> well, and now the most important part of housekeeping, Mike's injury reports. Lay it on us. <clears throat> okay. Well, um, Orlando got a gift from the injury gods again. Uh, Kaka out six weeks with a left hamstring. Um Let's see. Acosta, DC United, day-to-day, in quotes, with a lower body injury. Uh, I'm not sure they've been really uh, squirrely about what that injury is or how severe it is. Um, So just kind of keep an eye on that. I'm guessing out until you see a lineup. Uh, Tim Howard, he is probably out. Reports last week said he had a setback in his recovery. Um, They're not really specific on a timetable. Uh, kind of keep a watch out to see what more news comes out of Denver for that. Uh, we had two red cards this weekend, uh, Carmona for Atlanta and Kamara with Montreal. So they'll be out. Um, I'm not aware of any uh, potential discipline issues, but uh, I think those two players will be suspended. Uh, Lee Wynn left early with a right ankle um, contusion. Um, no timetable uh, from New England. Uh, Gashi missed this weekend with what they called, quote, a fickle Achilles. He's day-to-day. Keep an eye on that. Uh, Goosens for Chicago left early with a leg injury. Um, Looks like he'll miss some time. He couldn't put any weight on it as he left the field. Uh, Jossie Zardes continues to be day-to-day. He had um, some off-season surgery. I forgot to write down what it is, but uh, I think he's closer to returning. Uh, Keep an eye on news from uh, Los Angeles uh, about that. Um, and I think th- those are all the injuries. We had some players who kind of limped off, like um, Beasley and um, Perez Garcia, but I think that they're all okay. So just kind of keep an eye on the injury news in case uh, any of that changes. But um, So just kind of round up. Kaká, Acosta, Howard, Carmona, Kamara, um, Wynn, Gashi, Goosen, Zardes. Those are your big um, names that are probably out or questionable going into next weekend. So was Howard set back that McMath had a great game? I was just going to say <laughs> a clean sheet, exactly. Yeah, that, that clean sheet for Colorado that was so miraculous, right, Jason? Um, yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he his he I, he was just it, it was a just injury related. Um, but I mean, I'm sure Colorado's not in a hurry to rush him back because McMath was awesome last year and was awesome this year. So yeah, it's nice having that kind of the backup. So. Everyone who wants to keep up to date on injury news, be sure to follow Mike on Twitter or his uh, MLS Injury News account. Both are excellent sources for that. Uh, Now, guys, our round two preview. Uh, Some pretty good-looking games, I think, coming up. First, before we get started, just real quick, are you guys making a a plan? We have a new new system of transfers here, unlimited, every round. Are you planning on completely overhauling your teams, or are you just going to make some small changes here or there? Andrew? Um, yeah, I'm rehauling my team every single week. Um, this week, I think I made seven changes based on my first draft so far. So quite a, quite a bit of rotation for me. Michael. Whole new team. If you have unlimited transfers, might as well use them. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to be starting from ground zero. Jason. Yeah. Uh, I've made eight wholesale changes right now. My first draft, um, so I think with the unlimited transfers, you should do that, um, you know, play it on matchups. The one question I have is if there is a tie and you have equal number of bench points, um, is that going to go to transfers made to determine who wins? Uh, either that or Ben Bear will flip a coin. Perfect. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, it, would, it would make sense to me that it would be transfers made because that's really all that's left unless we're going to look at – uh, I don't have the rules in front of me right now. Uh, maybe home goals or away goals, one of those scores. Um, but I, I kind of like the idea of it's like Ben flipping a giant MLS-style coin. Um, speaking of MLS logo things, I think we need to have those awesome MLS jackets that they had during that Portland game. Just all the team logos on there, that was that was sweet. Yeah, it was. I think that was sweet. But let's get into what we're really here for, Jason. Uh, let's talk Chicago versus RSL. Yeah, um, I I think this game there will be um, a decent number of goals scored. Um, 
I think that uh, Arsenal has always struggled against speedy players, so uh, I think that Akam is going to run circles around Arsenal. Um, even this week, uh, when Arsenal played Toronto, Horst and Schuler were playing. Um, since Glad is uh, was on international duties, winning Concacaf. Uh, congratulations to him and the U.S. Men's National Team under twenties. Fantastic achievement. Um, um, but. You know, I, I really don't like anybody from this game um, other than a calm for Chicago. Um, I know that uh, Juinho will be back. I believe he was serving a, a suspension, so he should be back this week. Um, McCarty's a little too rich for my blood. Um, and defensively, I don't really like anybody on, on either team. Um, again, RSL's back line is going to be um, rotated heavily this season, um, like I like I said from the beginning. Um, uh I don't think there's going to be a clean sheet, but I do think it'll be, you know, one to two, 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 maybe three to two. Um, I see at least four goals in this game. Um, yeah. Like I said, defensively, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't touch anybody. If you do Ramondo, I think would be the only way to go just because he's a consistent starter and a, you know, a top 10 goalkeeper. Um, and offensively, uh, I think that a calm would be the only one that you go with. Um, the problem with RSL is there's so much firepower, but there's no link in the middle. Russ Knack looked great on his runs, but he wasn't being the maestro that we're used to with Javier Morales. Um, I think Yura only had two balls played to him, and that was it. Plata looked okay, and Jordan Allen didn't really look that good. So um, I don't know. I wouldn't go with anybody offensively from RSL. So unless one of you, Mike or Andrew, wants to jump in, I actually disagree with that Rusnak comment. Uh, really? I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure he had five key passes by himself. Probably uh, the plot, though. And, and, I'm, not, and I'm not sure if Toronto, I, I mean, they may have had a little bit more combined total, but, I mean, Rusnak seemed to have been uh, racking up key passes, and it's it's, I mean, that's all about the the player receiving the pass finishing it so i he he could be um in line for a decent number of assists do you what about andrew mike what do you think that's surprising to me because i watched the rsl toronto match and i couldn't tell you that he was actually playing uh i i honestly didn't forgot that he was a new player until after he was like wait a minute what happened to rusnak um yeah um if, if the stats say he has a key pass, uh, has a bunch of key passes, maybe. I know RSL put up a pretty good uh, expected goals total, even though they didn't end up scoring against Toronto. Um, I was kind of underwhelmed by Rusnak, but um, you know maybe that's a good sign, even though I think Chicago at home with Janino um, will be a pretty good uh, defensive matchup. Yeah, five key passes, two crosses. That's what, that's what he came away with, with that, uh, and, and a clean sheet. That's what that's what made up his five points from. from well, that. He, he is also I've noticed, too. I know that during preseason, him and Plata were sharing set pieces, but I think Plata only took a couple corners and the rest were taken by Rusnak. So, I mean, for a set piece taker, nine, you know, 9.0, maybe a decent shout. Let's see. I mean, we always had Brava came up really big for Chicago during their their game this week so maybe maybe he can do some more magic against rsl to help keep chicago in it at home um andrew what do you think about this game about chicago rsl mm-hmm. i think jason nailed it a calm and that's about it okay well i'll be the one rusnak holdout uh mike <laughs> let's move on to uh new england orlando city well, I think the big problem with looking at this game is my injury report included both Lee Wynn and Kaká. Um, so your two big chance creators on both sides are going to be out. Um, so I'm not quite sure what to take from this game. Uh, I, I could see this game being a 1-1, a 0-0, or kind of anything in between. Um, I think for fantasy-wise, I'm not super excited about this game. Um, I, I could see you just justifying uh, an Orlando defense because, you know, Spectre looked pretty good, had a lot of clearances, uh, I I believe. So I I think you could go with Spectre and the Orlando defense, even though they're not at home. Um, You you could also go with either of the forwards, Agudelo or Laren. Um, 
personally, I'm probably not going to go with anyone from this game. Um, but if you did, uh, I might take a flyer on either Perez Garcia or um, Giles Barnes. They're, I think it's MPG is a 7.5 and Giles Barnes is... No, I think... I'm sorry. MPG is 7.0. Giles Barnes is 7.5. And with Kaká out... Barnes will be playing, and MPG is going to be at the tip of Crisis Diamond. So I think they're both going to get more points than that value. Um, so those could be some good uh, flyers for you if you're kind of looking for some budget midfielders to, to round it out. So you were a little generous to the Orlando defense this time. I know you were pretty vicious against them last week. Do, do they have a defense? Can they repeat these clean sheets this season? Um, I'm generous to speak. It's not for this week. It's not necessarily generous to Orlando. They gave up a lot of chances. Um, they gave up the most um, expected goals on mm-hmm. the road this week um, of any team in MLS. Uh, I don't think they're good, but I think Spectre might be um, a good round, a good round pick. But the biggest thing for this week is I just don't think New England's offense is any good. So that's why I think they might have an outside chance at a clean sheet, even though they're on the road. It's mostly not, I think Orlando is good. Mostly, I just think New England is bad. That's fair. Anybody else want to chime in? Don't sleep on Swagadello. (laughs) 8.5 million forward. And he's one of my favorite players in the league. Um, He's probably going to be playing a forward position instead of the attacking midfield position with Lee Wynn out. Um, so I, I'm i really strongly considering having him in my team. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing about um, Kamara. Since, we, I mean, traditionally Orlando doesn't have that great of a defense. They did great last weekend. Spectre, Spectre would be one for Orlando. But, I mean, with, with Lee Wynn out, don't you think that would give Kamara the keys to taking PKs? So... To me, I, I, Kamara's in my lineup right now. I think that Kamara or Aguadillo is a good shout, too. Well, one thing we can say for sure is with with uh, win out, it makes Matt Doyle's predictions for the starting 11 much easier than, than he did in the preseason. So, uh, Andrew, New York Red Bulls versus Colorado. What do you think about this game? This is going to be a really interesting tactical matchup, a definite battle of styles in that we've got a high-powered offense team with New York Red Bulls versus a high-powered defense team with Colorado Rapids. Um, I honestly have no idea what to expect from this game. It could end up 0-0 or it could end up 2-2. I I think Red Bull, by virtue of being the home team, will probably be the ones to come out on top, but I'm, I'm not anticipating a whole lot of goals from them simply because it's Colorado, and I'm going to um, reluctantly believe that they are going to continue to be really good defensively until they prove otherwise this year. Um, I have question in my team right now, but I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to stick or not. What did you think of his performance from last week? Um, I thought he did okay. Um, I know last year he really struggled when they played the 4-2-2-2 formation, which they are supposedly going to adhere to all season this year, or at least that's what Marsh is saying they're going to do. Um, and I don't know, they, they looked disjointed. Um, I think a big part of that was simply Atlanta wants to really attack on the wings, and New York Red Bulls are especially with the new formation, are not going to be good at defending against the wings. Um, so they they had to do a lot of scrambling on defense to try to make up for that. Um, but against Colorado, they won't have to do that because Colorado is basically going to bunker and try to counter and get a fluke-lucky goal or two. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. That was a, a pretty common critique I saw was that many people thought that Kleshin was just playing too far forward to really be effective. And, I mean, his one assist even came off a, off a corner, so it, it wasn't really during that open play. Yeah, but that's part of the attractiveness of getting question on your team is that he takes Very the set true. pieces. That's right, so we can't talk that down. Should we have expected more from New York during their, their game last week? Or should we expect more from them this week based on that performance? Um, 
I know you're kind of weak on it, but I just want to answer that one little point before we let everybody else chime in. Yeah, I I think defensively they'll be better. Um, offensively, it will probably be about the same, um, simply because they're home. And I think Colorado has a much better defense than Atlanta did. And so combining those two factors should roughly equal out. Excellent. Mike, Jason, want to add anything? Well, it's hard to evaluate New York not looking that great against Atlanta because they had that CCL matchup in Vancouver last Thursday night. Um, so, I mean, they had a whole lot more travel plus, you know, uh, minutes on their on their legs. Uh, so I don't think that they – it was fair to expect a whole lot from them, especially, you know, going into a brand-new team. Even though it's an expansion team, there's a lot of energy in the stadium. Uh, it's a tough environment to play in. And I was honestly kind of impressed that they got, got a win – um, even in those situations, um, I, I don't think the four-two-two has looked great so far. But they, you know, we remember last year and the Red Bulls didn't start very well. Um, I'm not high on them this week because of Colorado's defensive skills, but they could also hold a clean sheet pretty easily with Colorado bunkering um, and with Gashi out for Colorado. So uh, I think you could go with some um, defenders uh, like like Robles in, in goal. Uh, and, and feel pretty confident at, at a good clean sheet shot. Yeah, that's what that's what I was going to say. I, I could see this being a a nil nil game, maybe one scored by the Red Bulls. But I, I I'm big on a uh, Robles and Long this week for uh, the Red Bulls. Do we know if Long is just the first choice over Aurelian Collin on the back line? I don't know. That would be a question to ask our followers. All right, followers, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know if you're a Red Bull fan in particular, if you think that Colin is now relegated to the bench. Because if if so, Long is going to be some pretty dang good value. Yeah, 5.0, and I think he's, what, how many points did he have? Was it, was it uh, let me see, he had seven points, uh, yeah, seven points, five defending BPs. Yeah, five so, bonus points, that's huge. Fantastic for 5.0 center back. We'll have to get Tim a call and see if he can help shed some light on that one, too. I like it. We like it. Jason, tell us about Philadelphia and Toronto. Yeah, so um, I think that we will see a different Toronto team this week. Um, You know, Toronto kept a clean sheet. Um, Philadelphia uh, without, um, you know, Sapong really doing much. Um, Herber, Simpson not really doing much either up top. I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, Medinjanin? Mm, yep, I don't know how to say it. Um, but he is, uh, we'll call him Harris. That's his first name. 8.0 midfielder, seven points. Um, he looked pretty good in the uh, in the game this last week against Vancouver. Um, uh, had an attacking bonus point, played 90 minutes, had two pass completions and a defending bonus. Um, I think it's pretty good value for 8.0. Um, defensively, if you like, you know, we talked about before about uh, cheap backline. Um, I think that Gooch is a great, uh, great value of 4.5. Uh, he had nine, um, nine points this last week, uh, and getting he only had two defensive bonus points. Um, played 90 minutes, uh, and obviously the clean sheets count for five for defenders. So um, I think that he is a great value for. Um, for your budget players. Um, I think that you could, you could probably expect a clean sheet from Toronto this week. Um, you know, Irwin at 5.5, um, Zavaleta at five, 5 million had 11 points last week. Um, I believe they're playing a, uh, uh, is it a three in the back or five? And I think it's like three center backs and then two wing backs. So, you know, you can really take your pick from, um, the defenders, uh, in Toronto. Um, Midfield, I don't really um, – I feel that Bradley was kind of lost in the mix of everything. And Josie and G, uh, Josie and Gio didn't play very well against RSL, but I think, like I said, this week um, could be different uh, playing against um, Philly. Uh, I obviously like Giovinco this week. He's in my squad. Um, but I could see it being, you know, a 1-0 to 2-0 game uh, in favor of Toronto. 
So I, I want to believe that this was just dusting off the cobwebs for Toronto to some extent, but they, they had this trouble against Seattle as well with kind of just putting just putting things away. Um, it, is there a deeper worry about Toronto's offense that people should be aware of going forward, or is it really just dusting off some cobwebs from 2016, find a, a better opponent to get everything flowing again? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's that was kind of the case um, with most of the teams um, opening weekend. Um, you know, now you're playing against legitimate um, A teams. Uh, you know, you're playing in um, atmospheres where everybody's pumped that it's the first game of the season. Everybody's excited. Your adrenaline's going. Um, and I, I do believe it was just shaking off the cobwebs. And I, I, I wholeheartedly expect to see a different Toronto team against Philadelphia this weekend. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah, I think the complexion of that game just completely could have changed if Giovinco didn't go to the left and low like he does every single PK. Um, <laughs> I mean, if if he makes that, then you defend a little different, you attack a little different, RSL sets up a little bit differently. So, I mean, ifs and buts, candy and nuts, whatever. But I, I really do think that uh, Giovinco's going to continue to be a premier player for us in fantasy yeah toronto had the highest expected goals of any away team with 1.35 now a lot of that is from the pk um in mls's tally because they include the penalty kick but i mean i i still think that's a pretty good result on the road at altitude as far as chances created so i, I don't think there's anything to really panic uh for for toronto um if I could go back on two things, I was I was looking at while we were talking. Um, Aaron Long started both the CCL match and the Atlanta, so it looks like he's a decent starter. Um, Perinell and Colin was the actual switch. And also for ties overall, it's by overall value, um, then flip a coin. So um, kind of go back and, and add some stuff there while I was looking up. But uh, as far as Toronto, yeah, I, th I think they're fine. The, the numbers underlying say that they're pretty okay, even though Giovinco had a bad week. Great. Now, Andrew, I would like for you to talk about Montreal versus Seattle. And if you can bring yourself to do it as a Seattle fan, if you could also touch a little bit on what happened against Houston and how Seattle is going to rebound from that. Uh, so what happened against Houston was a tale of two halves. Um, we were just flat and not ready to play in the first half. Um, and then in the second half, you know, we, we had that extra little spring in the step. I don't know what Schmetz said at halftime, but it must have been to the effect of, hey, actually try to win a second ball. Um, and as a result, we were able to, you know, collect possession and distribute, and we looked much better in the second half. I think, like, we had, like, one shot in the first half or something stupid like that. And then all the rest of our shots in that game were all in the second half. Um, so if we play like the, like we did in the second half, I'm not worried whatsoever. Um, so going into this matchup, it's it's one that really could go in any direction. Um, Montreal looked really, really bad this week down in San Jose. But I think that was more a function of San Jose's defense being really, really good. Um, Annabelle Godoy was a beast. Uh, he got, I think he got the most bonus points out of anybody in the game this week. Um, I think he, he hit seven. Yeah, 15 total points. I think he hit seven bonus points. Um, and I think that is entirely unsustainable. Um, he got two bonus points for getting fouled. And I don't know if anybody did that in the entire season last year. <laughs> um, he also got two bonus points from recoveries and was close to a third. Uh, bonus point from that, um, which again, he didn't do that at all last year. Um, so I, I think for him in particular, a lot of people are picking him up. I think he was the most added player um, so far. And and I would really caution you against grabbing him. I think five or six points is more realistic for him on a weekly basis than is the ridiculous 15-point haul that he got this game. Um particular matchup that I'm really keen on is Piotti versus whoever's going to play right back for us on this weekend. Um, it was Svensson, who is normally a defensive midfielder um, against Houston, 
And and I think Piotti is going to have a much better chance against him uh, because he goes forward a whole heck of a lot more than the San Jose defender did. Uh, so he'll have more space to work, um, especially on the counterattack. So I'm I'm picking Piotti for my team uh, for this week. Now, do you have any concerns that he's out on the wing and not in the more central position? I, I don't, if we, memory serves, I don't think that was his best point production position last year. I think it actually was his best point production position Stand last correct. year is when he was out on the wing. Um, so, no, I, I don't have any concerns out there. Um, he's one that likes to create on the dribble and then find a pass instead of just pure vision. Someone like uh, Mauro Diaz, um, they are very different styles of creators. So I think he's actually probably better served out on the wing than in the middle. Can we get a number crunch on that one, Mike? Uh, I, I can try. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pull up your numbers from last year. <laughs> uh, 9.66.3, uh, repeating, of course, right? Uh, one of those things. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, that, that would be great to hear. And the last thing I want to ask you, Andrew, before... We give a chance for Mike or Jason to jump in. Um, Dempsey, how did he look in that team? Ladero didn't do much. Is there any concern that that's going to impact Ladero's potential future point earnings? Um, no, I think Ladero. You know, he got three bonus points, which is fine. Um, he got his two pass completion bonus points, I believe. He got a cross bonus point. Um, so I'm, I'm not too worried um last year i think he did score a couple goals that like his his goal scoring weight was unsustainable and doesn't reflect what he's done at any other point in his career um but <laughs> at the same point. time i think he's got a lot more assistant in this year so probably not quite to the same level that he was last year but i don't think it's any cause for concern and deuce coming back scores a goal i mean can't really ask for more than that yeah, good to have him back. Okay, Mike, you can you can put a, a hold on your number crunching there and tell us something about uh, Houston <laughs> versus Columbus. Uh, well, I think these were two teams, um, you know, ha had pretty good offensive weeks. Um, Columbus didn't score as much as we thought, but they generated a lot of chances. And then Houston got, uh, you know, the two goals to, to get the, the win against Seattle which was unexpected. Uh, I think this is a really interesting matchup. You know, Columbus wants to possess the ball, kind of cross into Houston, kind of likes to counterattack. So I think like Montreal and Seattle, I think it's a good um, battle of two different types of, of tactics that um, I, I could see a, a lot of goals in this one. I, I could see a, a low scoring game. Um, but I think the, especially on the Houston side, you have a lot of underpriced players who based on last last week seemed to have a, a lot of potential. Um, Kyoto, um, even Cubo Torres, uh, and I think the impressive thing about Cubo, because I watched that game, uh, he was involved at both ends and was doing a lot more than just that one goal, um, even though it didn't result in, you know, really any fantasy points. But he got four shots, and that's important in terms of long-term fantasy uh, ability. If you can get those shot points, too, um, it means not only are you generating chances for goals, it also means you're getting that bonus point. Um, so, and he's kind of underpriced at 8.5. So, I, I think you 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 could go a lot of places for Houston. You know, Kyoto, um, Torres, both 8.5. Uh, I like Alex at 7.5 as as a potential. You know, one of those cheap midfielders to to round everything out. Uh, and then Columbus, uh, we know Finlay and, and Miram, and then Kamara started. Uh, He's, we were worried last week about his concussion. Uh, he didn't have a great game, but I would expect him to be a little bit better. So I think you have a lot of offensive uh, options for this game uh, and be justified on either side. Yeah, it's a good game. Uh, or good, It has a good game potential, I believe. I also want to give a shout-out to Stefan in the goal for Columbus, 4.5 goalkeeper, who had a pretty good game. Uh, against Chicago, almost almost got a clean sheet on his debut, so he's he's a good value keeper if people are still looking for that. Jason, Sporting Kansas City and Dallas. Two words, Jimmy Madronda, 
5.0 defensive player playing out of position as an attacker. Um, I think that this week it'll be difficult to keep a clean sheet versus Dallas, but um, Madronda, I think, is one to keep an eye on. Uh, like I said, 5.0 defender playing out of position as an attacker is always a good thing, like Harrison did last year, like Jordan Allen did, I believe it was last year or the year before. Um, so um, I'm not really looking at uh, anyone defensively this game just because I think that there will be goals um, as well. Um, uh, Tim, you know, Melia had 14 points from a PK save, had a lot of really good saves. Um, it's nice to see Aiko Parra back. Um, hopefully he can stay healthy for a season. Um, always a good player to watch. Um, Zussi, I believe, is playing right back, so I don't think you touch him as a midfielder. Um, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but is Dom Dwyer injured? No, he's fine. Um, he had some concerns in preseason, I think, with an ankle or a foot. I don't remember which, but he, he started. He was off the injury report um, even before uh, Sporting Kansas City played, so he's good to go. And he uh, proved okay, his gotcha. value on the goal line in the last game. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Um, so, I mean, I, I do think that Dwyer is, um, underpriced at 9 million. I think that, you know, that could be, uh, that could also be a good shout, um, to get, you know, a different type of, uh, a differential in forward. Um, and defensively for Dallas, obviously, you know, we know them last year, um, and they almost kept a clean sheet. Um, but Giovinco got the PK, um, uh, Kellen Acosta, I think, is also one to really keep an eye on. Uh, he's been just killing it um, for Dallas, for club and country. Uh, and at 7.0, he's a great shout. Um, I think they're gonna think they're gonna play uh, the youngster a lot. And like I said, 7.0, uh, it's great value. Um, and uh, Aruti, he looked deadly. Um, so I think that having you know. Him in your lineup as well could be, um, could be uh, uh, productive and lucrative. Yeah, Rudy got two defensive bonus points, which is super rare for a forward to do. Definitely, he nice. did get subbed off in the 78th minute. Um, I was a little um, unimpressed with Coleman. He had a lot of speed, but um, I think his first touch, um, you know, kind of eluded him this game. Um, but yeah. I, I really like uh, Acosta. I, I'm I'm all aboard the Acosta hype train. That's good. That was my one uh, worry about Dallas is just some of the potential rotations that could happen up at forward. But um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Did he get subbed out or did or did he start that game? Coman uh, and Rudy. Uh, they both started up top, and then okay. uh, Rudy got subbed off in the 78th minute, and Coman. Got subbed off in the 67th. Okay. There we go. So Andrew, what can you tell us about your predictions for San Jose and Vancouver? I think it's going to be a snooze fest. Is that good for defense, though? Oh, it's great for defense. Um, mm -hmm. I think this is my pick for most likely clean sheet of the week is going to go to San Jose. Um, I, I'm not big on Vancouver's attack, and I'm really big on San Jose's defense. Um, and they've got some great value on that back line. Holy cow. Nick Lima at 4.5 looks to be the locked in right back. And he looked really good. Shut down Piotti, which is ridiculous yeah. for a rookie. Um, you've got Youngworth, who is 5.5 million. Um, and he was really impressive in the minutes that I've seen him in that game and also in uh, preseason games. Um, so both of those are going to stay on my team for this week. Um, you've got Davies on the other side, another 4.5 defender. Um, he's playing out of position. Everybody's been talking about him. Um, I'm still not convinced that he is the locked-in starter. Um, I, I think some of the guys might have been rotated from the uh, Champions League game that they just played against New York. Um, I mean, we still got Bolaños and Montero. Um, that are coming into the team. Uh, Breck Shea, I think, probably should sit on the bench behind Davies, but you never know. Um, so he's he's 
going to be in my team as my switcheroo option, but he's definitely one to be wary of. Um, so if you're using him, make sure you have a substitute because I'm not convinced that he's the starter. Is that a little harsh? I mean, he did play the CCL game too. Is it he just did, yeah, but he's because of the goal. He's 16 and muscles bounce back a heck of a lot quicker <laughs> when you're 16 compared to when you're like 30. Oh, to be 16 again, right? Yeah. And Gooch destroyed him if you guys saw that. Yeah, I did. That yeah, was dirty. Pretty sure that's illegal in all 50 states, what he did. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so nothing offensively on that team. Uh, Mike, uh, what do you know? I'll let you talk about your New York City now. So New York City versus D.C. Well, um, watching New York City on Sunday night was kind of reminded me of watching Batman versus Superman. Where you oh. saw oh. a lot of good parts, but they just didn't fit like at all. Like it could have worked, but it just it didn't. Um, you you could really tell that they had a lot of late additions. You know, with Rodney Wallace and Maxi Morales. Um, I was not impressed with Maxi Morales at all. Um, I could, I, I there's only there's only one team in the league that's stupid enough to sign a DP player that would put Tommy McNamara on the bench. And apparently it's my team. Uh, I, I don't get that at all, but uh, oh my gosh, I went there for the highlight reel. <laughs> Are we sure that they didn't sign Wallace to put Tommy Mack on the bench? No, I, I, I think it, because going into the season, Tommy McNamara was the central attacking midfielder and that was how we first lined up. And then we signed Morales and then Tommy McNamara went out. I mean, I don't know why you can put 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 uh, McNamara instead of Wallace anyway, but I just don't get it at all. I could go on a rant for this for hours. Tommy McNamara, skilled players, finds passes, came on, immediately generated chances. Apparently, we want him on the bench because you, why would you want a chance creator on your team to start? Um, but I'm sure y'all don't want to keep me hear me rant too much about New York City, um, DC United. Speaking of stupid teams, this was the other stupid team of the weekend. Um, you have one of the best chance creators in Patrick Mullins, and they subbed him off after 67 minutes or something like that. Uh, I don't get what either of these two teams are doing, but I, I think there's a lot of goals in this one. It's Yankee Stadium. We all know what that does. Um, Patrick Mullins, I think, is criminally undervalued at 8.5. Um, DC did look a lot worse without Acosta. Um, who has that lower body injury that no one really knows what's going on with. But uh, David Villa still got bonus points uh, for a number of shots, even though he didn't get a goal. Um, I think he's still a, a good option for this week. Uh, I think you could go with Patrick Mullins. Uh, I wouldn't touch anyone else on New York City's midfield until Morales proves that he's good at generating chances. Uh, everyone else looks like they're a step behind and they don't really know where the pieces fit and aren't used to each other. So uh, outside of Mullins and um, David Villa, I, I wouldn't go anywhere in the offense and I certainly wouldn't touch a defensive player out of this game. So I think those are the two options from this game. I think you make a very good takeaway that New York did have a lot of scoring opportunities during their game against Orlando. In your expert NYCFC opinion, was that last game just a bad day at the office and now it's just time to reset and start anew? Yeah, I mean, I, you saw where chances, you know, could have been finished off. Uh, I'm thinking especially, you know, Jack Harrison had one that Bendick made a great save on. Um, Kyrie Shelton had a chance at the very end of the game that if he if he sees where Maxi Morales is, it's a tap in. Um, so I, I don't, and especially if you look at the expected goals, they were the second best team away from home this week in, in terms of expected goals. So I, I wouldn't hit the panic button as far as fantasy and, oh, I don't know if David V is you know, good anymore. They're, they're still good. They're still going to create chances. But outside of David Villa for fantasy, uh, I don't think that I could depend on anyone else yet. So I would just stick with David Villa until we will see if Maxi Morales can kind of get up to speed as he gets used to, to what he's supposed to do in that system. Great. Andrew, the I think the match everyone's been waiting to see, Minnesota versus Atlanta, or at least I have. Oh, boy. This is going to be an exciting one, I think. Um, I've, I've watched them both a couple times in preseason and this weekend, and this is a matchup made in 
heaven for Atlanta. Minnesota cannot defend the wing whatsoever. And Atlanta loves to attack on the wing. Um, we, we saw that in both of their games, respectively, this weekend. Portland just decimated the right back from Minnesota, yeah. who I think was Taylor, Jermaine who used Taylor. to play on Portland. Um, yeah. and, and he just looked real bad out there compared to the attacking power coming down his side. And Atlanta, on the other hand, against New York Red Bulls, they attacked that exact same side with Assad pretty much the entire game where they were in control until the last, I don't know, 20 minutes or whenever New York finally started to get their act together. And so I'm, I'm really, really loving that particular matchup with Assad versus Taylor. And I think Assad is in my team right now, despite him being an away player. Um, I think that's going to be a very favorable matchup and one that Atlanta is really going to go after and target for this game. Um, I'm not predicting a clean sheet for either team. Um, I could see two or three goals for both teams in this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, small sample sizes because they're expansion teams and expansion teams generally suck, but it's expansion versus expansion. So it should even out, right? <laughs> you, you would think. Uh, for those goals from Minnesota, who do you think they're going to come from? Is this Molino again, or is it going to be Ramirez who came on Superman-like at the end? Where do you think that's going to come from? Molino's their best player, hands down. It's it's not up for debate at all. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be the one scoring them or creating them, but he's going to be involved in some way. All right. Um, did, did Atlanta, did they just get too nervous at the end of that New York game? Because, I mean, they seem to be doing okay. This Took is... a page out of the Falcons' book. Oh! oh the second half. All, all Never forget. Said. Ooh. Never forget. Ooh, ooh, too too soon, too soon. Uh, well, Jason, wrap everything up for us with uh, L.A. versus Portland. All right. Um, let's start with L.A. Um, I think that um, defensively they were they, – they did not look like the L.A. of the past um, – Van Dam would be the only one I would suggest from the defense. He was just a madman all game. Um, but Garcia as a midfielder of 5.0 is starting it right back. I'm not sure how much longer that will last. Um, <clears throat> I think that Alessandrini is one to watch um, for the future. I think he can be an impact player in this league, but is going to need time to adjust. Um, and Dos Santos is just, you know, Giovanni. He's, he's, a, he's a hell of a player, and he would have scored – five points if he didn't score a goal, which is still pretty good for a forward. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, make no mistake, he's lethal on PK. So out of the L.A. team, um, I think that uh, Giovanni Dos Santos is the one to pick. Um, now for Portland, um, well, let me preface this, that I don't think that this will there will be a clean sheet um, in this match at all. I think there will be goals scored. Um so obviously Valeri, I think, is one um, that you have to have in your team just because it's Diego Valeri, um, you know, one of the prolific playmakers of this league, um, scoring 16 points uh, this last week. And congratulations. I tip my hat to all you who captained him. I changed it at the last second. Um, but um, I think Adi and Valeri. What'd you say? QQ. QQ. Yeah. Um, I think Adi and Valeri are two players – um, that you should have this week as well. They are playing in L.A., but, um, I mean, Audi looked insane. Granted, it was against a Minnesota defense that um, did not play too well. Um, but Audi and Valeria... Literally dribble around? Yeah, it was... I mean, I, I thought I was watching or playing FIFA 17. It was... Ah. It was. It, it looked like a video game. It was... It, it was... It was awesome. Um, and then on uh, the defense for Portland, I don't think you go with anyone. Um, uh, Vitas or Vitus, uh, he he looked great. Um, a lot of service in the box. So I think if you are planning on picking up a defender, I think it should be him. But I like I said, Valeri, Adi, and GDS, I think are the three players that you can uh, take from this match. No Blanco love from anybody. Blanco's good. I mean, he's fast, and I mean, he he had eight bonus points, um, but he is a dirty player, and he, in my opinion, he's a red card waiting to happen. Um, it's like Ariel Collin in a five foot two winger. It's just <laughs> j just a little full head of steam. 
Um, I mean, he, he's a great player, you know, great differential. Um, and I believe Olam um, is listed as a midfielder at 6.5, but he is playing center back. So that's something to watch too. You won't be getting the defensive bonus or the defensive, uh, you know, five points for a clean sheet, but he had a goal scored. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, great tips, guys. Appreciate that. Hope everybody else did enjoy. Let me know how you like this new format. But let's wrap everything up with your player picks, uh, starting with keepers. Andrew. Get to the cropper. Uh, Cody Cropper should be 100% owned by every single team in fantasy because he's 4.0 and he's starting a keeper and he has a home game. New England. Yeah. Get him. Jason. Yeah. Yeah, I'll second, I'll second um, Cropper, but I really like uh, Robles this week. I have Robles, too. Okay, Jason, tell us about defenders. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> my defenders, uh, I'm just trying to come over to my defenders page. Uh, it's a little different on my phone. So my defenders this week, I have um, Lima from San Jose 4.5. I have Long from New York Red Bulls at 5.0. And then I also have Davies in right now. Um, And then I have Callens uh, from New York City FC. It's 4.5 center back as a switcheroo, but that may change. So I like like Lima, Long, and Davies this week. Mike? I have Lima, Davies, and Yurtwith from San Jose. Andrew? I have those three plus Madronda and Tierney from New England. Oh, yeah. Didn't get a lot of love for him in our talk conversation. He's a great offensive defender. Yeah, yes, he's he on some set pieces and corners. So keep an eye out for some attacking points from him. Mike, who do you like in midfield? Um, I like... Uh, I, I have Valeri right now. I, I don't know if that's going to stay. Uh, Ladero, Assad, and uh, Alex. I've got Question, Piatti, Assad, and Jack Harrison. I have Alex, Valeri, Question, and Almiron. Oh. And what about four forwards, Andrew? Forwards, Giovinco, David Villa, and David Akam. I have uh, David Akam, Kai Kamara, and the man, the myth, the legend himself, Kubo Torres. I have um, David Villa, Giovinco, and Clint Dempsey. Ooh. And finally, Captain Mike. Ooh. Um, Giovinco. Andrew? I don't have anyone that I'm entirely sold on yet. Um, right now I have it on David Villa, but I'm sure that is going to be thought about long and hard. And Jason? Yeah, currently I have it on Almiron from Atlanta just because he is the set-piece taker. And I have a feeling that if it's anything like Portland, um, there will probably be one to two PKs in this game because of the lackluster defending from Minnesota, but that could change at any moment. But right now it's on Almiron. Well, great. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, some great picks. Hope everyone found this helpful. Wrapping things up quick. We're running a little long. The MLS FI hosts head to head league uh, first round. It was fantastic. A uh, guy took on you, Mike. What happened? Oh, I was taking a swing and just whiffed. <laughs> <laughs> and you whiffed. Uh, guy got 106. You got 72. I took down Ivan from Fantasy Football first with my 110 to his 81, so awesome. Uh, Phil beat Tim, two of our pundits that helped out with the primer this year. Uh, Phil got 109 points. Tim got 79. Uh, Blaine just fell to Simon, uh, 91 to 80. Uh, Ben Bear took on Jason, and uh, Jason, you just didn't cut it, did you, this week? No, sir. I uh, was... uh... Mike and I were in the same uh, dugout hanging out, swinging for the fences and whiffed miserably. You did. Uh, so one point towards MLS and Ben Bear for that one. Uh, biggest, biggest 
biggest game of, of the week, Andrew Wiebe from Extra Time Radio took on Fantasy Football 24-7, uh, the defending champion from our league. And also, they ended up being our taco this round. Uh, and Andrew beat them 80-71. to So, yes, Andrew, way to represent. Uh, Jason, any trash talk about that? Suck it, England. There we go. <laughs> uh, and then, finally, we had Travis taking on uh, Andrew. And it was very close, Andrew, very close. Yeah, he nipped me in the last game with three Vancouver defenders to beat me by five points, 105 to 100. So it was very good. Now, I, I believe we had this leaks at the start with the opening weekend challenge. So from what Jason said, these would probably stay. Next round, I'm taking on Mike. Guy is taking on Travis. Andrew's taking on Andrew. Wow, that'll be fun. Battle of the Andrews. There we go. Fantasy <laughs> Football 24-7 is taking on Vin Bear. Let's see if he can keep up his streak. Uh, Jason's taking on Simon. Blaine is going against Tim, and that means Phil is going against Ivan from Fantasy Football first. Uh, let's let's see if we can keep uh, England scoreless in, in these fantasy tips. So uh, finally, wrapping everything up, thanks everyone for listening to the show. Be sure to check out the articles coming out on MLS Fantasy Boss and head over to r slash fantasy MLS on Reddit to check out all the conversation and rate my teams and tips that will be coming out on that side. Uh, Andrew, any final tips? Uh, or plugs no. sorry plugs plug yeah um i'm going to be doing some draft fantasy content i'm not sure what format it's going to take um but you can follow me on twitter at crawla c-r-o-l-l-a-a and i will definitely be posting a link to wherever that lands um so be on the lookout mike you can follow me at mls injury news um yeah <laughs> if you see an injury tweet me out and i can pass it on to everyone else Great. And Jason? Yeah, follow me on Twitter, at JMLSFI. Um, I will be starting my punt and differential articles this week. Um, because They'll be dropping on Friday, um, probably you know a couple hours before lineups lock, just so that I can get the uh, proper differentials. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to uh, redeem myself this week, hopefully. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So again, thank you everyone for listening and good luck. Cuckoo!